The old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Algiers, where the old Trailblazer goes out riding out on old Dan. We're just an old-fashioned church where sinners are saved by grace, and uh, folks call us old-fashioned. They call us a lot of other things, but we're, we're just old-fashioned, and we stay with thus saith the Lord. We uh, bring you God's Word as it is to men as they are. And I just want to tell you how happy I am to be in your home now. I wish you'd sit down and write me. I'm trying to make a study of where folks are listening at. If you would, write me. Tell me what station that you're hearing the old trailblazer over. And if you would, send me a snapshot of your family, your children, or your loved ones. And we put them up on our bulletin board here to see where folks are listening. And uh, then I offered to send you a picture of the old trailblazer. Maybe you wondered what kind of a looking dude that is that brings God's message, whether he's tall or short or skinny or heavy or whatever. But if you would, I'll send you a picture. And uh, But I, I'd rather you'd send me one of yourself and tell me what station you're hearing the old trailblazer over. Remember, my mailing address is the old trailblazer. Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. We're bringing you a study on the on the RSV Bible, the Revised Standard Version Bible. Some folks call it the Antichrist Bible. And we've getting on down in our study showing you the error. Seems like it's done on purpose by the modernists and those folks who just try to whittle God's word to pieces. An editorial back in the time when this Bible first hit the market, there was an editorial in one of the nationally known magazines written in a very flippant style. It gloated about the jots and tittles being changed right and left in the Revised Standard Version. This ed- editorial went on to praise this new Bible for eliminating such words as Jehovah and Calvary and found there in Luke 23:33. This editorial further states that these words were eliminated by the translators because they, they helped them to medieval, medieval usages without prop- particular justification. In the beginning of, of, this, of this study this, today, I want to call your attention to this fact. No scholar, no scholar can change one divine, one divine tittle in Hebrew for another. For these tittles throughout the scripture are based, are used with exact precision and discrimination. All of those titles, my friend, the titles of God, all of those things, when you substitute the name God, for Jehovah, or vice versa, you destroy the meaning of God's word. Let me call your attention to this fact. The Hebrew name Elohim, God, is his creative title. And the name Jehovah, translated Lord, is his revelation and fellowship with man. That is, the revelation of his covenant relationship and dealings with man, or shall we say, with his people. For these translators to take the position that the name Jehovah was only medieval usage, that it was shipped, slipped into the scripture during the dark ages, reveals their utter ignorance of God's covenant, of a, of a covenant God. The Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Christ Jesus of the New Testament. Let me call your attention. I wish you'd listen. Let me call your attention then to these two names found in the first chapter of Genesis. In the first chapter, the Hebrew word Elohim, which means God, is used because God in his, is his creative title. But Jehovah, or the Lord God, is used in chapter 2. If these two divine titles had been reversed, we would have had a great flaw. 
and blemish in these two first chapters. God in his creative title, while Jehovah reveals covenant relationship and shows God's dealing with his own people. Now, that's the reason the name God is used in Genesis 1, while in Genesis 2, the expression Jehovah or Lord God is employed. Now, let me give you an example found there in Genesis 7:16 of the use of these two titles. I hope you're listening. And they went in, went in, male and female of all flesh, as God commanded him, and the Lord, Jehovah, shut him in. Here we have the story of Noah and the animals going in the ark. It says, God, as God commanded him, because God is the creator and commands without respect to his creatures. Now, notice this expression. And the Lord shut him in. This reveals that God's action towards Noah <coughs> was based on covenant relationship. <coughs> if you will turn back there to uh, Genesis 6, 8, you'll find these words. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Therefore, the God of heaven to Noah was Jehovah God, a covenant God based upon blood redemption. Let me give you another example found in 1 Samuel 17, 46 and 47. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. Why did David use the word Jehovah or Lord in speaking to that Philistine giant? It was because David was on covenant grounds with God. He goes on to say, And I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that, they all, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. I wish you'd go back there and read that story of how David how David defeated that giant Goliath. Maybe, maybe open your eyes as to how the Lord, my friend, would take a, a little shepherd lad with a little slingshot and five smooth stones. We might just we might just stop here for a few moments and ask you, do you believe that God is on the throne? God was on the throne there. There's no power. There's no way in under under the sun that a shepherd lad he couldn't even pack David. He couldn't even pack Saul's armor. He couldn't even hold it up. It dragged him down, so he took it all off, took his slingshot, and found five little smooth stones there in the creek bed and met the giant Goliath. Now, did he do it under his own strength? No, he did it under the strength of the Lord, the Lord God of heaven. He was acting upon uh, the Lord's will. The Lord had led him to do that. And the Lord directed the sling as it slung, slung this, the stone and stuck between the giant's eyes right in his forehead. Killed him just, just either killed him or, or stunned him long enough for David to go take his sword and cut his head off. But my friend, this is God's work. Man, these, these so-called scholars, they, they disbelieve and, and throw light against everything the Lord has done. You know what the Lord's going to do? One day he'll spew them out of his mouth. Did you know every soul... Let me, let me ask you folks something. Some of you folks know the old trailblazer a little bit, know that I, I face reality. I, I, I don't have any frills on my preaching. But did you know every soul is going to stand and be judged who is never saved? You're going to be stand. You're going to be judged, preacher. You modernists, you skeptics, you uh, 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 Armenians, you're going to stand there in front of God and give an account of your of of what, how you misled your folks 
told them that there was no such a thing as as this and that and the other, and they could be saved by trusting Jesus, coming on down the aisle, praying through, speaking in tongues. Those folks are going. You folks are going to stand there. My friend, God is a jealous God. He'll have no other God before him. And there's only one way of salvation, my friend. And that's by and through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom many of you deny. You deny that he was virgin born. You deny that he's the son of God. You deny that he died on the cross. And listen, where is your salvation? What is your hope? I ask my folks here, what is your hope? And then I change it. And I say, no, who is your hope? My hope is Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, my friend, the Son of God. And my name is written in the palms of his hand. How you say that, Pastor? You know that it's impossible. No, I don't know it's impossible. I know all things are possible with the God, with God and I know that the king's heart is in his hand. He turneth it whithersoever he will. And my friend, you can romp and stomp and buck and pitch, but God is on the throne. And one day you will bow, the scripture says, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Confess what? That Jesus Christ is the Lord God of heaven. Oh, and you'll take the blame. Have you ever taken the blame? Folks ask me, said, Trailblazer, how, how can you preach repentance? What, 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 what right do you have to preach repentance? For what is repentance anyhow? You know what repentance is, my friend? Well, first of all, you know why I preach it? Because God's word says the Lord Jesus Christ speaking twice in 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 Luke there the thirteenth chapter, he says, "Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish." And then the next verse or two, verse five said, "Except ye repent." And then John the Baptist says, "Repent, repent, my friend." You say, "Oh, I don't have anything to repent for." Well, you may not know, but my friend, if the Lord ever sends the Holy Spirit. If you're ever touched by the Holy Spirit, you folks who hear me, that you tell me you want to be saved, if you never take the blame, if you never come to Christ, oh, admitting that you're to blame, that's what salvation, that's what redemption, uh, repentance is, taking the blame. Do you know you'll take the blame for things that you're not to blame for? My friend, the Lord knows your heart. You can be obstinate and stubborn, and you can do what you want to. You can buck and pitch and, and throw a fit. Do whatever you want to. Call the old trailblazer a crackpot. Turn off the radio. Stomp outside. Go get in your pickup and roar down the road because you're hot in the collar. But may the Lord put a hook in your jaw, my friend. Oh, and then you folks, many of you write me on a sick bed. Would you look to the Lord this morning? The Lord's able to raise you up. The Lord's able to save you if you're not saved. Right there on your sick bed. I have folks in a nursing home who have this dreaded disease, Alzheimer's disease. And I asked the Lord for them daily. They, tell me they, they told me they weren't saved before they came down with this thing. And I asked the Lord, Lord, give them their mind just for one hour. Give them their mind for one hour that they might call on the Lord. You know, the, th the old thief on the cross, he, he, he had his right mind for just a few minutes. Amidst all the suffering, I have folks, well, I'm suffering so bad, I can't trust the Lord, I can't read my Bible. And yeah, the old thief was hanging by his hands and legs and feet up there on the cross, and the blood was oozing out of his body. And he said, Lord, Lord, remember me. And you can't pray that prayer, my friend. You're too stubborn to pray that prayer. Lord, remember me when thou goest into thy kingdom. That's what the old thief said. You don't have to say that. You can say like Peter, Lord, mercy, Lord, 
Lord, have mercy upon me. Old Peter was out there walking on the water, doing a good job. He thought, man, he was somebody come. But when he looked down, oh, when he looked down, and my friend, when you take your eyes off the Lord, you don't have anything. I don't have anything. You know what my hope is? That Christ died for sinners, and I'm a sinner. Oh, that's all my only hope, my friend. He says, come now, come now, come now, let us reason together. Have you ever reasoned with the Lord? You say, how can you do that? A trailblazer, you say like this, Lord, you told me to come. Here I am. I'm just an old sinner, just an old sinner, and I need to be saved, and I'm on the road to hell, and I know it. Lord, would you save me? That's reasoning with the Lord. Oh, my friend, when you're dying and going out into eternity, you don't care what anybody thinks. No, sir. No, sir. I've been in a situation where I've heard folks pray. I've been at where there was a serious accident, and somebody was dying, and blood was gushing out of their throat. And their, their, their loved one was standing there praying, Lord, Lord, save them. Lord, save them. Listen, folks, you don't care what anybody thinks. You know, one day you're going to die. One day you're going to meet judgment. One day your, your breath's going to leave you. Oh, I've had folks die in my arms. I've had folks die, sit up on the side of the bed and keel over and never get another breath. I've known those folks. I've been there. And listen, folks, death, death is coming. And or, or where, where are you going to spend eternity? The old trailblazer just coming here trying to refute a little bit of error, my friend. Don't get mad with me. Write me and let me know that you're listening. Tell me what station you're hearing me over. And if you would, uh, help me with the broadcast. If you want to get out to God's Word, if you want to get the truth out before it's everlastingly too late, help me with the broadcast, if you would. This is the old trailblazer. Remember, my mailing address is uh, the old trailblazer. Post Office Box, 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. Don't get mad with me. I love you, folks. Would you help me with the broadcast? One here and one there doing that thing because they love for the truth to go out. Until next time, goodbye and God bless you. Pastor Pendarvis reminds you, our Radio Missions Internet radio station offers music, current old trailblazer broadcasts, current Voice of Truth broadcasts, classic sermons, and more, 24 hours a day. For information on how to listen to Radio Missions Internet radio, visit our website at radiomissions.org. That's radiomissions.org.